Alright, so here we go. So uh, we're still in Oath Base. We just finished discussing the Sukkah. And now we're transitioning to the other main mitzvah of Sukkah, obviously, which is the Lulav. So, now, the truth is that I think from now on, we're going to need to go a bit slower. Until now, we kind of just, I've been speaking things out outside because there's been, um, you know, just more kind of one big concept. Here, the Ramchal is going to allocate like a few sentences per major holiday. So, um, we're going to need to um, listen to his language carefully and... uh, uh, actually read it inside because uh, obviously this is uh, he, he's packing things in over here okay also um, we're not going to have a chance I mean for every one of these holidays it would be an entire series of shurim that we have to do so this is just going to be a uh, we'll try to see what he you know which concepts he's alluding to and try to stick to that to the extent possible Okay, the Or Hashem Boruchu Meir Al Rosham Shel Yisrael U Ma'atiram. So Hashem's light um, creates a crown around the heads of the of the, of the Jewish people of the Be'ofen Shitiye a Mosum Nofelos Al Kol Oivehem in a way that they're Terror uh, falls upon all of their enemies. If I were to think of a crown of light, I might think of a halo. Right? Yeah. The, the light is crowning them, right? So yeah. A, yeah, yeah. An aura. That's right. Now, by the way, uh, a difference between, um, let's say, a. Um, and a Tara and a uh, and and uh, and a uh, like a Levia a Levia Schein or something like that is a Tara. The the Vilna Gaon explains in um, in Mishlei is that Tara speaks to a person's uh, power or authority. It's not necessarily a beautification, but it's more like let's say for example, you know uh, the Roman you know olive wreath. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not that it makes uh, a person beautiful, it's fairly plain. Olive, olive branches are not particularly colorful or beautiful. It's not like you know, blossoms or something. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a symbol of authority, of power, uh, etc. So, uh, so, so he's using here the language of Atara um, because it's going it's gonna, to you know, instill uh, awe in, um, in our enemies. Al-Yedei Nitzilas Halulav Uminov. Now, this is, so, now we're talking about the Lulav and the, and the other species that come with the Lulav. The, the reason, uh, we'll, we'll, the Gemara says the reason why we call the whole thing a Lulav, then we make a blessing, we make a blessing Al-Nitzilas Lulav, right? Um, taking the Lulav, even though you're taking four species. So the Lulav is the tallest. Um, but uh, we're going to see some more reasons for that over here. Now, this Pasuk is also used for the Tefillin Shorosh, for the Tefillin on the head. Now, the Tefillin um, do certain things. The Tefillin do provide certain level of it, 
right? Uh, obviously not on the level that you have the, the Lulav would do it. Right? I mean, uh, the, the holidays are super duper awesome days where we have so much of that manifestation that we don't need the film. We don't, we don't, we don't wear film on, on the holidays, right? Um, but on a weekday, you know, you do get some of that by wearing the full shorosh. Um, and we would have already gotten this that the nations would be afraid of us and, uh, and would subjugate themselves so uh, if not for our sins holding it back I'll call upon him so that we spoke about before, he spoke out a similar concept back in the first Halik, when we said that once man sinned, his body became incapable of accepting the perfection. When we do mitzvahs, we do mitzvah, we learn Torah or something like this, immediately there should be concrete physical changes happening, namely we should be becoming, be, becoming less and less physical as that happens. And yet, uh, that doesn't happen. So he said, yeah, it doesn't happen because since the sin of Adam and Kava, um, you know, that can't, the body can no longer be purified. Um, but it's, we, we are still kind of building it up in potential. We spoke about it back then, what it means to be building up in potential, which is then will be come out to actual later. So similar thing here, that uh, even though um, they say, wait a second, so if if, uh, if if the Jewish people's sins are preventing the Lul from doing his job, so then forget it, so, then, so what's the point of taking the Lul? Right? So, so he's saying that you're right, even though right now the Lul is not accomplishing that, but... Um, but it will, but it's kind of building it up um, and will be actualized uh, later on when we're going to be when we're going to be fit for it. By day, Proteus mitzvah uh, and through all the details of the mitzvah salulov, of through the shaking salulov and through going around in circles, uh, basically are dancing with with the with the lulav. So these two things complete the lulav. Obviously, um, the so so there's two separate things that are happening with the lulav. The the nanuim of the lulav is where I take it. What I, I, I take it in six directions. There's the halacha, some discussion about it. But the point is, it goes out from my heart, from me, out to the world. Back in, out, in, out, in, right? So it's a, it's a matter of expressing, right? Of bringing out. Um, so you're taking this concept of the fact that uh, the Jewish people carry the name of Hashem, the four species, the Beis Yosef. This is not a, not a big secret. The, the, the Beis Yosef, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, writes that the, the, the four species that we take Correspond to the four letters of Hashem's name. Hmm? Not heard that. You've not heard that. You've not the, you haven't learned the whole Beis yet. No. Uh-huh. Okay. Next week. Uh, um, so uh, yeah. So the. You'll have it down. Yeah. 
um, so we, so that's the that's the nanuim, and the hakafas is when we dance around, uh, go, going around the bima. That's uh, that uh, corresponds to the when we had a, a mizbeach, we had the altar. So the so the kohanim would go around the altar as well, um, encircling it. It's uh, has to do with dancing and celebrating. Uh, to the point that if a person is in mourning, is if a person is in the, the one year after having lost one of the seven key relatives, they cannot participate in the akafas in, in the going around uh, the with the lulav. Even though, so even though it doesn't look like dancing exactly, but there is a a dancing aspect to it. Okay, mishazik shlita Hashem boruchu. Al Rosham. So by doing this, uh, by doing this, uh, we strengthen the manifestation of Hashem's name on us, right? So yeah, that's uh, what the Lulav does. Olahapil Oivehem, and by doing that, it causes the downfall of our enemies. Lefnehem, Olahachniem, Tachtam, and to subjugate them under us. That of course has to do with. The concept of Ansukus, that we bring 70 cows as sacrifices on Sukkos, right? Anybody know so how that happens? How do we bring? Exactly. Exactly. So we start, so Sukkos. 12, 10, so, 1. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, so, and there's, so there's seven days of Sukkos, right? So, the, um, so, so we start at 13, um, going down every day by one, so then you add all those together, that's 70, um, so the commentators point out that it's uh, it's unusual to go down in numbers, right, usually you do more and more and more, you, so, so um, it corresponds to the 70 nations of the world, and the, dim, dim, the, the diminution of their power, of their strength, it goes from 13 down to 6, Seven, I think. Seven? Seven? Right, seven. It's, seven. It's, it's a balance, right? Three on either side of ten, and that's how it averages out to ten. It's ten times seven. Oh, seven. good. Good job. Okay, right. Okay. Um, so, um, so, the, so that's the concept of kind of subjugating all those other powers. The Midrash Rabbah says, what is it similar to I'll just bring, he doesn't mention this, but it's, I think it's, it helps give a little bit of taste to what we're talking about here. Uh, the Midrash says that uh, what is similar to that uh, on Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur was like a court case, a judgment um, between us and the nations of the world. Um, who is the correct, true representative of what humanity ought to be, and so how do you know who won? So it used to be the tradition that two people go to a courthouse, nobody knows who, who won, who didn't, whoever comes out from the courthouse waving a palm branch, so then you know that he, that he was victorious, that, he, that he's the winner. So, so that's what we do, we wave the lulav, right, that kind of declares the victory from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, right, we just need a little break to build the sukkah and find our Arba Minim, 
and then we're, we're ready five, five, four days later we're ready to go to, into Sukkot to start waving the palm branch to declare the victory right so that's it all speaks to that it, obviously it looks like a sword the rule of you know that type of, the, the, all those types of illusions um, to the point that the nations of the world will voluntarily choose to be our servants um, it's good to be a servant of someone righteous, of someone good. You know, there's this concept out there. It's like, oh, um, you know, serv- servitude is such a such a terrible thing. Like people should live free, and and uh, everyone can do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, uh, they're absolutely miserable, right? Uh, fighting wars against one another and murdering and pillaging. And so, if you could be a, uh, a servant to a, to a righteous person that that's that's a that's a very good place to be vehu ha'inin shenemar apayim eretz yishtachavu loch their faces to the ground they will uh, prostrate to you etc v'holchu elecha shechoach bnei Ma'anayich, and they're gonna go and um, and, th- and those and those that 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 oppressed you will bow down to you. Okay, good. Kikulim yishtabdulahem v'yishtachavulahem that all of them will be subjugated to them and will bow down to them. Lekabel al yodem or meor Hashem poruchu. And this is the key point. People don't understand this, but for example, you know, Eliezer, uh, Ev- Eved Avraham, right? Eliezer, the servant of Avraham. He was receiving, through Avraham, he was receiving a tremendously close connection to Hashem, right? Uh, the, this is how they can connect to it, right? So it's a, it's a tremendous thing for them to be able to receive through the, through the Jewish people, Jewish people are called a mamlechas kohenim v'goykadosh. We're meant to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay, well, priests act on behalf of non-priests, of, of the other people, right? So, those people, they bring their sacrifices, their animals, the, 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 you know, whatever it is, right? And then we take that and we elevate it. So, they are serving us, they are providing for us, etc., and through us, they get a connection. So back to what we were talking about before, we will be like the connector, the conduit to help connect them to Hashem. They also get illumination from us. The primary illumination, of course, is to us directly, but they also get from it. Um, by the way, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been in Yerushalayim during Sukkot. No? Um, but there's this breathtaking event that happens. I literally walked into it by accident. It was a, we're living in Yerushalayim, and just my wife and I decided to go for, for, for a stroll, like far, like we were just talking. It was Sukkot, Cholomoyed. Um, and we, we went all the way, like... Uh, I don't know if anybody knows Gansaker, like a big, big, big park, um, uh, not far from the Tachanamer Kazit, from the Central Bus Station. The entire park, huge park, the entire park, is covered in these 
huge tents, different colored, with flags. Above each tent, there's a different flag from all the different countries in the world. Yeah, and it's evangelicals that come to Jerusalem to support the Jewish people, like it says in the, in, in the Nevi'im, that the nations will come. They're coming to fulfill the prophecy. The nations will come, and they will support the Jewish people in the celebration of the festival of tabernacles, or of whatever, whatever booths, or whatever they call it, yeah? Sukkot, yeah? And you're talking about, I don't remember the number, double-check it, because I, I could be like off by a factor of ten, but, but I, I want to say... Some, some crazy number, like, you know, tens of thousands of people, because it, it's a sea of them, right? Each from their own country, like many, many countries, um, and they're, like, giving out flags from their countries, and they're, like, saying, you guys are great, keep, keep doing the mitzvahs, and, like... I have pictures, if you, if you want, I can, I can show you pictures. It's really incredible, really, I mean... Obviously, it's a it's a tip of the iceberg of of what's going to be, but it just gives you a little. People, I was down in Florida two weeks ago, coming back past a sign that said something like Yeshua Country. Uh-huh. So that's what they're thinking about. Uh, so it could be, but right thing for the wrong reason. It doesn't. I don't, I don't know exactly, but certainly it gives you an impression of what will be happening in the not-too-distant future. I mean, this was not happening a thousand years ago, I'll tell you that. You know, a thousand years ago, they, they, it was the Crusades, they were, they were going, when they were going to the Holy Land, that entailed ideally splitting as much Jewish blood as possible. So, you know, but, so it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's a sight to behold. They, they rent out, like, all the hotels in Jerusalem are, like, booked. You cannot get a hotel... In, in Jerusalem during Cholmut Sukkot because of these Christians. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. We were up in Tiberia, they were there for the baptisms. Yeah. In the Jordan. Right. Listen, like the, like the Rambam says, that the this false, this false um, prophet of theirs, whatever it is, is a way to prepare them for the acceptance of Mashiach. In first Rambam. Okay, so dry run, huh? A dry run. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more than just a dry run. It's also he says it helps, it helps prepare, it pave the way for people to think about the concept of, um, you know, uh, a divinely given law, uh, a, a savior, uh, olam haba. Um, you know, like kind of the the, the 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 bare bones is there, right? But so you know, like a, it's more like a, like a scaffold, you know, like a scaffold before you build the, the the arch, right? You have to first have the scaffold. Eventually, once you build the arch, you tear down the scaffold, right? But but some people need some intermediary steps, you know. To they use that as a pedagogical term. I, I, I do courses and teach it, and they talk about scaffolding for students. You know, you know who else talks about that? The Rambam in the, in, in, in the Hagdama to more in the Vuchim, in the introduction to the guys that are perplexed. So he says sometimes the teacher will say things, teach things, and he means teacher, not a, a, a real teacher, will say things that are actually not completely true, but they need to be taught because the only way you're going to be able to make it to the next level, because some things in order to understand A, you have to know B, and in order to know B, you have to know A. 
So you're kind of stuck outside. So you have to teach you a half an A. So you can get to most of a B. So you can get to the full A. So you can get to the real B. Yeah. And, uh, and then, then, then try to tear down that scaffolding afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, so that's a, that's a site to be seen. That, that's literally what the um, what the Navi is talking about over here. Vihine tishpal kol gavosam. Behold, uh, it'll be thr- thrown down all of their uh, arrogance. Vayichanu tachas yisrael, and they will be subjugated under the Jewish people. Vayishovu al yadam el avodoso yisborach shmo. This is the point that people forget. Oh, the Jewish people—they're obsessed. Also, they want everybody serving. Them. No, no, no. We don't care that they have no service or not. That's <laughs> we're, it's probably easier for us to not have that, right? But this is the point. That through them being under us, in, in servitude of us, they will return to the service of Hashem. This is how the nations of the world will be able to serve Hashem. That's what Lulav is doing. It's uniting the whole world, like we say in Rosh Hashanah. All the nations of the world are going to come together to be one bundle. Who? Who's going to do the We. For us to do your will with a whole heart by holding that bundle. I mean, the nations will come together. They will become a bundle. The we should serve Hashem with that bundle, so to speak. Right? They will be a... That, the, so, uh, they will have a portion in our divine service. Yeah? Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, to whatever, if they if they merit to uh, p- participate in our service of Hashem in this world, they will be classified as Hasidi Umus as the as the righteous uh, nations of the world. In which case, they have a chelik in all of They have a portion in the next world. Um, the Rambam says the same way as the evil members of the Jewish people. Tzadikim have their own world, Olamabwa. In fact, Shai Olamos, uh, 300 and, uh, 310 worlds, uh, whatever that means. Whereas uh, the Rishoyim amongst the Jewish people, they only have a chalik of Olamabwa. They don't have their own, they just, they have a participation you know, in the general dining room area. They, 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 they get a I see it in the dining room. They don't get the VIP section. Right. Okay, anyway. Um, it's awesome talking about that. We could, we could see it almost yeah, with the eminent downfall of Russia. It's like uh, already we can taste the... Uh, we can taste some of that. Right, Philip? Exciting times, huh? Okay, fine. So that's it. So that is O's base. O's Gimel now. Yeah? Uh, e- this is very exciting. We're on the verge of Purim. We're going to be talking about Purim today. Okay? The Inyan Hanukkah of Purim. Who? Lahayer Haor Hameir Bayamirahim. So as we said before, right? It's not um, a remembrance. It's not a commemoration. It's a bringing down of that same 
um, spiritual influence that was back then, obviously not in the same intensity as at the time, smaller, lower level intensity, but little by little, every year we come back to it, we enact more and more of a rectification in that area until finally, Be'ez Hashem, it will be finished and uh, yeah, Mashiach will come. So, um, so, so we're so basically, if you want to know what are you doing on Purim or what are you doing on Hanukkah, well, take a look at what happened, right? And you're trying to tap into that. So, all the mitzvahs of the days and everything we're going to be doing on Hanukkah and Purim is going to be, in one way or another, trying to re-experience what happened back then. Because that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring down that same light, that same influence uh, that was back then. Okay, so, Kifi Hatikunim in accordance with the rectifications that they made on those days. So on Hanukkah, so on Hanukkah was the overpowering of the Kohanim. Obviously, stress always, the, the, the stress is always on the Kohanim because uh, the Kohanim represent um, Avoda in the base of Migdish. Um, having to do with transcendency, the, the oil, the menorah, the eight, um, all the Hanukkah Torah that we spoke about a couple of months ago. Um, and the Rishoyim, the, the, the Greeks, again, this is, this is significant, there was the Greeks specifically because the Greeks are Bnei uh, Yafis, they are the sons of Yafis. Yafis was? Was Yafis? Right, so we can call him the middle one in the, in the sense of of uh, that we have the shame is the, was the tzaddik, right? You have Ham was the Russia, and uh, and Yofis was kind of the middle guy. So you think, okay, he's not bad, but sometimes um, being being not bad has its own negative advantages, which is that he Yofis has to do with intelligence. Uh, like uh, like the more Darshans that uh, that Yafis has such a uh, intelligent language that even the theoretically the Torah could be written in Yavani, right? So that's important. That the Yavanim were uh, great wise men, and that's and that is uh, the reason why they specifically came again to destroy the Torah because they themselves were so wise they were anti the Torah like as I'll say uh, a Gibor a a, um, a powerful man is jealous of another powerful man he's not jealous of some you know, bookworm and some really intelligent person is jealous of some other really intelligent person he's not jealous of that um, muscle ape whatever know, whatever they call those guys right so uh, so the point is so there was a jealousy of the Greek uh, philosophy, the Greek wisdom um, was jealous over the wisdom of the Torah, that's why they, did, they tried to destroy the Torah. Um, which is again why it was the Kohanim that stood against it, because they are the servants of Hashem uh, in the strongest sense of the word, in the clearest sense of the word. Again, he's stressing the Kohanim over here, like I said to you. We're going to have to learn every word over here because they're only giving a few sentences per per holiday. So every word matters. Val Yodom Shavu 
la Torah v'la Voda. Kubuprat in Hamenora, and stands out above everything is even though they contaminated the entire base of Migdish, but specifically against the Menorah, against the Menorah, light. Light is the light of intelligence, the light of wisdom, of illumination, right? Um, so the menorah represents the light of Torah, the wisdom of Torah, um, and so that's why they were specifically out to, to contaminate all the oils to destroy that. Um, and, and, and obviously the miracle, therefore, happened specifically with the menorah to say that this is uh, why it's happening, this is... This is uh, Hashem is you know, showing us that the rectification that we are out to do happened. That, 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 that we managed to fix the intellect, intellectual realm. We managed to reclaim the spiritual realms from the Yivonim. Shayu, Hakiyutrugim, Neged Inyan. That the opposition was against the Menorah to destroy the Menorah. Hakizirum, Hakohanim. Al Buryam and the Kohanim managed to re-establish um, the um, the menorah and all these concepts in a very clear way. That's what we're tapping into. Okay. Now Purim in Yon Leinian Hatzalosim Shel Yisrael Begolus Bavel. So this is a salvation. So this is a contrast to Greece, where they were out not to kill the Jewish people. But to tear us away from divine service, here in here is the attempt is not to pull us away from our religion, but to destroy us as a people. I mean, physical annihilation, um, which is which is a distinction, big distinction between um, uh, Hanukkah and Purim. Is a Hanukkah the miracle happened when we were living where? Hanukkah in Israel we had the temple right so we're in Israel we had a temple right Um, whereas the miracle of Purim happens in exile right in Bovel or Parasomada right Uh, which which became Parasomada taken over so in exile kind of changes the rules a lot right uh a miracle for a miracle to happen outside the land of Israel is a whole different category than to happen in the land of Israel. Miracles in the land of Israel—that's easy. That's for a miracle to happen outside the land of Israel. That's like a uh, a, a total. That's like what Esther said. We're all going to be slaves. I wouldn't bother. So it was more than the bigger crisis, right? Of annihilation. Because the miracle outside the land. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, but not not to say that the crisis of Hanukkah would have been less. To tear away the Jewish people from the Torah and divine service is just as bad. It's a spiritual annihilation versus on Purim would be physical annihilation. If there's total spiritual annihilation, then you're, you're just as dead. Um, but the the point is that to a certain extent. The, the, because we were in exile, Hashem had to pull out some like really big, um, you know, uh, what's it called, uh, wild cards out of, out of out of the deck to to make this thing happen, right? It's, uh, in Israel, it's easier to 
to have miracles happen in Israel. So, so here the stress that we're in exile, right? Vechazaras, Kabbal. Okay, and then now, and what's the what's the main thing that happened there? Is we reaccepted Torah, Chazaras, Kabbalos, HaTorah. Shechazru v'kiblu aleihem la'olam. That we reaccepted it forever. Like the Gemara Shabbos Darshans, Hadru v'kiblu b'mechashverosh. They went back and they reaccepted the Torah in the days of Achashverosh. Protei yonim kefi protei hatikun. And all the details correspond to what happened. I just want to talk for a minute. What, where did this come from? Why are we reaccepting the Torah? Uh, what this is uh, like a uh, what, what's the thing called? Alan? Uh, after like thirty years of marriage, sometimes there's the re- no, renewal of vows, right? Like, what do you mean to re? I mean, renewal vows. What like? At which point did we stop being married? Like, so we like, uh, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking of divorcing you, but like, yeah, okay, yo, know, let's 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 go for another, let's go for another ten years, you know, like. Well, is this like a self contract where like it expires automatically unless you're yeah, right, 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 like right, right. after a certain like, after 99 years yeah it's like uh, <laughs> the lease is over yeah well here it's after 30 years yeah, yeah. Listen, I only made you for 30 years I don't know but but, but it went well <laughs> so I'm willing to extend <laughs> it like <laughs> well, what kind of thing it. is that right so right, that's not what's going on over here right so what's going on over here the Gemara Shabbos there says is that at the time that Hashem gave us the Torah at Har Sinai, there was a uh, a catch twenty two. I'm going to explain this Gemara already right away, uh, just the way that the Maral explains it. I think that that is the Derech Hamelach, the, the Golden Road, makes everything work out very nicely. Um, so there was a catch twenty two with the acceptance of the Torah. On the one hand. Of course, it's important that Jewish people should accept the Torah willingly, gladly, right? Like when you get married, you want the girl to say, I do, right? Um, on the other hand, if we, if we accept it, then we feel like, okay, if I say I do, you know what I can do tomorrow? I can say I don't, right? A girl can say, look, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Right? A husband can say, Here, here's a gift. You're like, forget it, you're not doing it anymore, right? So there is such a possibility. Right, so, um, so if Hashem gives the Torah because we accepted it, so then it makes it appear that there is also a possibility of not accepting it. So the Torah is like an optional thing. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good bonus thing. Yeah. Want to keep the Torah? Oh, great. You don't? All right, fine. So that right for Hashem had to do it in a way that no, it's clear that it is. Um, uh, well, it must happen that the Jewish people accept the Torah. It's not an option. It's 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 a necessity, right? So w- when something must happen, so you don't ask. It's imperative. It's imperative, right? Uh, so, like for example, with with the circumcision of a child, eight, eight days old, you circumcise. Hey, how did you eight, wait until he's uh, you know thirty years old and ask him? Like, no, because then it sounds like you want to. Do you want to be a servant of Hashem? Do you not want to be a servant of Hashem? You are. You are. I don't have to ask you. You are the property of the king. So, boom. You cut it off. Finished. Right? So, so too, over here, it had to be clear that this is not an option. It's being given. So, therefore, the word Darshans, uh, that the Jewish people stood with Tachsis Sahar. 
English translation would be at the uh, yeah, loosely would be at the foot of the mountain, but literally it means under the mountain. We stood under the mountain, which so the Gemara explains that this is the mountain. Jewish people are here standing, right? So Hashem was kofa alehem har kigigis. Hashem bent the mountain over them like this, like a tub. And we were already in a state of being buried under the mountain. And Hashem said to them, If you're makabal, the Torah, mutu. If you accept it, good. Vim lav, and if not, shemtiyakvurasam. Then you'll be buried right there. So you're, you're already buried, right? So, so we had to accept. Because we understood there's no option that the Torah should not be accepted by the Jewish people. But what came out is that we never had the opportunity to willingly accept the Torah. It was under duress, exactly. Uh, so, so here uh, at Purim, we went back and voluntarily reaccepted the Torah. How do we see there was voluntary? If we were just accepting the Torah, there's like a renewal of vows. What we need to renew for? You already have it, outstanding, right? It's already, it's already. Uh, uh, but we 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 voluntarily accepted the Torah. We showed them we're voluntarily accepting it. How? Because we accepted uh, we accepted additional mitzvahs, right? Mem Ches Nevi'im Veshavu Nevius, forty eight prophets and seven prophetesses all came. They didn't add a single mitzvah to the Torah until it came along Mordechai and Esther, and they added the mitzvah Kriyas Megillah, Matanos Levionim, Mishloch Manus, Ishlei Reichel, right? Uh, so that, so uh, and and Jewish people. Kimu uh, v'kibu, we 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 accepted it, right? And kimu v'kibu, so by accepting additional mitzvahs, so you're saying certainly I'm showing that I'm very happy with with the previous one. Right? So so instead of a renewal of vows, somebody's going to do something, it should be you take out some additional responsibilities, right? Now whatever it is you've been doing until now. I'm taking an additional responsibility. Then it's clear that I'm happy with the responsibilities I took on initially in my ksuva, right? So responsibilities in the ksuva. You say, you know, I want to put some more responsibilities in. I want to, you know, increase some of my obligations to you. Then it's clear that, that you're happy with the deal, right? You wouldn't be adding more to it if you, if you weren't happy. So that, that's what happened then. So you're going to dent them. An addendum, right? <laughs> exactly. So, right? Is, is, is that a fair... Will that stand up in court? If a person uh, voluntarily to, accepted... Yeah, but there has to be consideration. Actually, you want to talk about American legal system. It's a little different, right? Because you add something to a contract on yeah. one party's side. You have an obligation on this side. You have an obligation No, what if he side? says, no, I don't, I'm not looking to add any obligation well, then it's a side. gift, and you can take it back. Take what back? The, the addendum. Right? Because it's considered a gift, right? It's considered a gift. A gift that you can always... Uh, you, can you can always renege. You can renege on a gift? You can re- it's a promise. It's not a gift. You can I got a promise, right? You tell somebody I'm going to give you a million dollars. Either you sign it in front of notary witnesses. No. I mean, there's some exceptions. There are always exceptions, but the general rule is you just make somebody a promise, and they don't give you anything. It's not a contract. It's just a, what we call a nudum actum, and they can promise. Uh, well, and but what, again, what if you have a contract already, and I'm and I'm and I'm just changing one of the clauses that says instead of $100, it's $200. Can't do it. Ah, interesting. Okay. All right. And this happens sometimes, right? Somebody says, uh, 
You know what? I, I agreed to sell you something for. I agreed to sell you oil at a hundred dollars a barrel. But you know what? The price is now one hundred and fifty. Uh, I want you to pay me one hundred and fifty. Otherwise, I'll sell it to somebody else. No, that's the other way. That's the other way. That's that. That's uh, where you're you looking. For, oh, I want to give you more. Yeah, money. yeah. The, the promise is not enforceable. Once you give the gift, it's enforceable. But the promise itself is not. Okay, so we have to figure out. But the point is, so if a person did do, but if a person, let's say a person, there was a there was a, a transaction, a purchase, yeah, and the person is claiming maybe he's under duress, but then he came and he actually added some more money to 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 to, to, to the purchase voluntarily afterwards. Right, it's an offer, right? No, no, no. he actually gave it. The money was actually chased him. Could could that be used? Could that be used as a proof that the original purchase you were happy with? Anyway, that, that's what we want. That's what we want. It's like an add-on. Right? Okay. An accepted add-on. Okay. Yeah, there you are. So it validates the original transaction. The add-on validates the original transaction. Yeah, once it's given. Yeah, once it's given. There you are. Okay. Perfect. Because this was accepted. The Jewish people said... From that, we're adding up. Right. We're adding. There's the transaction happened here. Because we're going to agree to read the Megillah every year, we confirm our commitment to the Torah. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. If we so once we actually kept it, once we listened to the Megillah, once we started doing it, then that's then, that's, then that is equivalent to reaccepting the entire Torah. Okay. Very good. All right. So we are up to old Dalit. Uh, just in time, we, we we got to Purim. See this this. They say that they say that if you're uh, if the thing that you're learning is timely or appropriate, that means you're learning Lishma. So hopefully we'll learn Lishma. Okay. Very good.